Welcome to the Who Day Talk podcast. Brayden Jay here with another episode of Who Day Talk. Today we're going to talk about Bengals Ravens games, some other stuff that went around the NFL, and talk about some cornerback prospects. And uh, Bengals game was a really frustrating one. What was one of your biggest takeaways, Jay? One thing I really thought was kind of overlooked was the tackling. The first half, personally, I thought the tackling looked a lot better. Uh, second half, it obviously deteriorated, but they started off very strong, and I think that's that's a step in the right direction. I think we're going to see a little bit more. Our defense is going to get a little bit better as uh, the, the season progresses just because Marvin's going to have more time with them. Because right now he was kind of thrown into the fire. He had a week to prepare. Uh, he hasn't done this in 15 years. So I think the defense actually played very well. My main issue today was with the offense. Yeah, and actually, before we get to the offense, I have a lot to talk about. My biggest problem with the defense was just general discipline thing. What I'm really talking about is outside containment, something we talked about quite a bit with Lamar last week, is the defensive ends just did not contain when they were obviously supposed to. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson had over 20 rushes, uh, over 100 and, I think 117 yards. Uh, he was he was crazy. Uh, and he's not even – he didn't even play that – he wasn't passing the ball. He wasn't throwing the ball that great. Today. I mean, he – yes, it was there, It was more timing-based, quick passes that, like, that were supposed to get completed, and then it was just yards after the catch after that. And that kind of just opened up the box for him to run. But, I mean – from what from what I looked at, he he wasn't that impressive as a thrower. Not uh, at all. He, he lacked a lot of ball ball velocity. He, it looked like I don't want to say like a third grader, obviously, but like I mean, he didn't have that much arm strength back there. Yeah, and on most of the quick throws, Jordan Evans was in coverage. I do want to point that out. Yeah, well, Jordan Evans, I yes, he didn't play great at all. But I mean, with those quick throws, I'm not going to put those on him just because those quick throws. They're high completion throws. They're they're gonna get completed most of the time. Uh, I <laughs> I saw um, the the main thing that I had an issue with on that defense with the linebackers is Hardy Nickerson starting again, and that that kind of hurt my heart a little bit. But I mean, it's okay. It I mean, I guess it's it's gonna get a little bit better. I mean, with time, he's gonna get better. But I mean, at some point, you just gotta pull the plug and be like, okay, he needs to sit the bench for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, there's obviously a reason why Malik Jefferson isn't playing, but at some point, it's got to be can't get any worse. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're if, uh, my main issue with Malik Jefferson is his mental processing. He's kind of a slow player to react. But I mean, we've seen the same thing with Hardy Nickerson. So like, why not use your third round draft pick at that point? Yeah, and I'm going to just kind of reiterate what I said. Again, I, I thought Marvin Lewis' defensive play calls were good. I and mean, he looked oh, at yeah. a lot of the read options Lamar ran, where I was kind of talking about the defensive end failed to contain the edge of Hubbard, Wills, Dunlap, whoever just stays put. That It's almost like when you're playing NCAA 14, there's that popular read option where you either give it to the running back up the middle, the defensive end bites, and you take it as a quarterback to run. They They basically kept running that play. Of course, it wasn't that obvious or that simple but when you really look at it it was almost like that and there was times where we were loading the middle if we would have forced Lamar to hand it off they wouldn't have had some of those big Lamar runs and I yeah I agree with you I, lo- I like the play calling a lot uh, it, a lot less soft zone coverage a little more aggressive a little more like okay we trust our cornerbacks we don't we're not gonna play games with them because they, Marvin Lewis 
he called plays realizing that, okay, our strength is cornerback and defensive line. How do we hide the linebacker the linebacker woes? And obviously when your linebackers are that bad, you can't hide them completely. But by calling more man coverage, by calling more by just by playing to your strengths, that's how you're gonna you're gonna get in close games. And it was a close game today. It was a very close game. And I think the defense the defense played well enough to win the game. It was the yeah, absolutely. Game. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I like I like Marvin Lewis as a defensive coordinator. I I don't mind it at all. Um, Here's the thing: they won't. A lot of people are like, "Oh, let's demote Marvin, defensive coordinator." Yeah, that's that's the, yeah, exactly. Like we can dream it, but let's be realistic. Yeah, they, there's no way that ever happens. Yeah, unless yeah. if Marvin says, "Hey, I want to be defensive coordinator, not head coach." And he's not going to do that. No exactly. one in their right mind would. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm okay with him because the good thing about him being a defensive coordinator is it means he's kind of a smaller figure in the head coaching role and I think that's a little I think that's good just because he's obviously a better defensive coordinator he's not that good of a head coach you want him spending more of his time in the strengths and if I mean apparently he I think Hugh Jackson was calling a little bit of his plays today I'm not calling having more of an input I guess yeah I mean he when he did come they said he would be analyzing the offenses so he could have kind of saw offense be like okay this is what Lamar is going to do this play or this is the option they're going to call here or just stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, because I believe um... – no, never mind. Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, on the defensive side of the ball, I think we we play call to our strengths. The, most of the issues were with the personnel, not the play calling. Yeah. And that's pretty much all we got or all I got. I mean, individually, yeah. Hubbard had a great game. Yeah, except uh, – yeah, I mean th- – among the defensive ends, who there was a lot of times they bit, he definitely bit the least on the options. I think him playing at Ohio State and he, him seeing so many options kind of helped him play so good today. Yeah, I, I mean, it was pretty much a collegiate offense. We lost to a collegiate offense. Like, yeah. they ran Their quarterback ran the ball like 27 times or something crazy like that. That's, that's not a pro offense. I'm, I'm sorry, but we got beat by a college team today. Yeah, and thing is, like, yeah, Lamar might have – Looked good against our defense, but teams are going to eventually catch up. Will eventually catch oh, up. No. If they keep using Lamar like that, he's going to last half a season. He's going to be RG three. Yeah, I mean, you can't run a quarterback twenty-seven times. In yeah, NFL. it just takes one hit. Just yeah. To... Like if we had better general linebackers, he doesn't run all over us. Oh yeah, I mean, there's I probably I, there's at least ten ten quarterback runs where he got some yardage that if we had. Any sort of competency at linebacker, it wouldn't. They wouldn't have done anything. But our, I mean, our linebacker, even our best linebacker, Burford, terrible. Oh my, he's just not worth the trouble. And again today, like we've seen in the past, he kind of makes an obvious flop, then complains for a flag. He's doing that like every other play. Like he's never going to get it. He just yeah, needs to stop. He needs to realize that the refs hate him. He's not going. He's not going to get. He's not going to anything. I mean, yeah. You, you, can't be the, you can't be the biggest menace in in professional football and expect to get gimme flags. Like it's not gonna happen. Yeah, and one of these times it's actually gonna happen. He's gonna get he's gonna probably get a hit on that's illegal, but because he flops so much, the refs won't call it. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. Uh individually, other than perfect, um, I thought Sean Williams had a pretty good game. He obviously had the interception. Uh, he did get hurt halfway through. Half- he came back through. a drive later. Yeah, he came back a drive. Yeah, he came back a drive later. Uh, I thought he played very well. Definitely a rebound from last week. 
Yeah. Bates played really well, didn't as always. I mean, I mean, great. he's our best open field tackler too, and the, which is basically the reason why he wasn't a first rounder was be teams were so concerned with his tackling, but he's just been so good at it. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane why he wasn't a first rounder. Uh, and then you have the Steelers taking Edmonds. <laughs> I mean, hasn't been completely awful, but he's I not- still don't take him until the third round. Yeah, he, he's definitely a third round. He's a third round guy. Uh, I'm not complaining though. The Steelers can waste their draft picks as much as they want. Yep. Um. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the Steelers, Big Ben, he had a pretty bad game today. Uh, I mean, they they came back, but Ben was not the reason. I I don't know. He had he had like what was it? I want to say five turnovers. So, it was bad. <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up, but I, I think he had like five turnovers today. Um, James Conner, he didn't have that great of a game either. He kind of slowed down uh, to his from his previous form. Um, I think that's just mainly because the Jaguars obviously have a great defense. But I mean, that was a weird game to watch. I I watched it here and there. I had my iPad and my computer on one game, and my TV on another, but. I mean, it was that was a strange game to watch. What do you think? I it wasn't even televised where I was, so I was just kind of watching bits and pieces of it. So I didn't see that much. That's something I have to look back. But just interesting how much Roethlisberger struggles with Jacksonville. Oh, okay, he had three interceptions and two touchdowns. Okay, but yeah, I mean, he they ended up winning that game though, didn't they? Yeah, yeah uh, twenty sixteen. Well, oh yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, I. I don't know. The Browns also won versus the Falcons, which I thought was that was a good win. In my that opinion. was last week. What? The Browns oh, and Falcons was last. You're right. I'm stupid. <laughs> I'm tired. Sorry, man. <laughs> After I'm, watching the Bengals game, that's when take all the energy out of you. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, they had a bye week this week, didn't they? That's what. It, that's why I got confused. Okay. I for some reason I thought they had the I thought they had their bye week seven or week eight I don't know I'm I'm going crazy you guys that's what the Bengals yeah. does to me that's what they do it's to not me. healthy yeah it's fine whatever uh, on the offensive side of the ball Mixon didn't really get things going at all uh, I mean I kind of blame that on Laser because it's kind of sad I don't think, I'm not that smart but every time Mixon was about to get the ball I'm like Mixon's going to get it they have the box loaded. Yeah, I mean, it, it seemed. Yeah, you're right. It seemed whenever he got the ball, it was an eight man box. I, I don't really blame Laser as much as I do. I mean, and Laser's obviously a problem. I think he's the next to go, but I don't blame him as much as I blame the right guard and right tackle. And that's where I'm, I want to get to that next. Bobby Hart had a terrible game. Uh, he had like I want to say three penalties, three false starts, something uh, like that. Or no, maybe it was one false start and two holdings. He had. He had like three pedal. He had three penalties, and he had three of, penalties. I remember that. He one of them was like a drive killer, and they also started Redmond over Trey Hopkins, which I don't understand at all because I mean, Hopkins had it, it was night and day. And yes, Hopkins yeah. isn't some all pro guard, but he's it's very anyone who watches even a little bit of football can tell that Trey Hopkins has outplayed Alex Redmond. Yep, and I don't understand why they favor Redmond over Hopkins because I believe they're both UDFAs. Hopkins, I mean, I, Hopkins has more experience, like starting experience over him. Hopkins has always played better. He's more versatile. I don't 
I don't really understand why they favor Redmond over him. I mean, obviously it's something in practice, but who really cares about practice as long as they're performing in games? In my yeah. Opinion. I mean, I and Trey Hopkins, if I remember, is somebody who Frank Paula kind of really liked with his hard work and I remember as soon as Pollock came here, and of course he wasn't going to talk crap about any offensive lineman, but in an interview he just was in he was just talking about how he was so excited to work with Hopkins. I almost wonder if this is a Marvin decision. Like I know he's more on the defense side of ball, but kind of the same reason why we don't start Westerman. I think it's ultimately who Marvin likes. Yeah, I now that I think about it, that makes sense. Just because maybe it's not Western, maybe it's not Hopkins, maybe it's just he loves Redmond, which I don't understand. I mean, he's been playing terrible, but I, that kind of worries me now. That worries me just because I don't think they're going to address it now. He's going to be like, oh, well, we have – well, Westerman's a free agent after this year, isn't he? Uh, no, I think he has one more year because we drafted him to a four-year contract. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. What year was it? I think it was, was – oh, it was 2016. Yeah, you're right. yeah, he has one more. I always, yeah, I always get confused. Like, 2015 and 2016, I kind of mix those years together. Oh, I do it all the time. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know. It's hard to keep track of all their, all their picks. But um, yeah. I mean, it's just the offensive line. I think, other than our offensive line, the only really issue I had with them was had, was playing Cody Core. And I talked about this on Twitter, but Cody Core. I mean, I saw some. I think it was Joe Goodberry who tweeted it out. Uh, he had he caught thirty five percent of the targets. And this isn't the first time he's missed a big a big play like this. I mean, I think he has like two other drops this season on big drives that like depend like the outcome of the game was reliant on what he did, and he he's come up short every time. Yeah, and I think one of them was against the Steelers, and I just don't know why he's on the field. Like I know I've been a decently big critic of why Tate shouldn't play, but there's no reason why Tate shouldn't be in there because Corey obviously can't make the play. Why not put Joe Mixon there in the preseason? He ran a similar route, not as strong coverage from the corner, but I would take Mixon on that play over Cody Core. Yeah, in the first half, or maybe it was early in the second half, uh, Mixon was lined up at wide receiver, and they took him out like, like right before the play started. And they subbed him, subbed him in with, I believe it was Erickson. And I thought that was strange. He didn't line up at wide receiver. I mean, he might have once or twice, actually. But he wasn't a mainstay at wide receiver, and neither was Geo. And that kind of confused me, just because they're both very good receiving backs. They're, they're, I mean, Geo has proven he can run or he can uh, play out of the slot. And I, I just think it's better to have him in the slot and bump Cody Core down or bump Alden Tate down a little bit. Just, I mean, you want to have some veterans in there. You don't want to be trotting out the receiving core of Tyler Ward, Alex Erickson, and Cody Core. I mean, that you can't have that. And, yeah, she's failed to – I don't know how to say just failed to produce. And Cody Core just – I honestly don't see a point of keeping Core. Like, he's – like, they say it's for special teams. Lately, he has not – been doing really well on special teams. I'm sure if that's what we're worried about, we could find somebody else who could be a productive special teams player and find a way to impact the roster. My main, get... my main issue is if the reason that he's on the team, if that, if that reason is special teams, then you can't rely on him as a wide receiver, one. Two, then you knew they, – they knew something was up with A.J. Green before the trade deadline. And they can still sign a wide receiver now, but – you can't if you if you're not confident in his abilities as a receiver, you can't count him as a receiver. You can count him as a special teamer. So, at this point, this game, the guys you can somewhat count on that you see as a wide receiver would be Tyler Boyd, Alex Erickson, 
Auden Tate, and I believe that's it, right? Yeah. I mean, you could count John Ross. Oh, John know. Ross. Sorry, I completely forgot about John Ross. I knew I was reading someone. <laughs> but you have those four guys. And Okay, John Ross, first round pick. All right, we can count him. Tyler Wood, been playing great. Sure, let's count him. Alex Erickson, I mean. He's he's reli- He's not the best, but I would put him over on the field over Cody Core. Fine. Alden Tate, practice squad. That's that's three guys, three guys, three wide receivers in a divisional game that are healthy and that have experience. That's outrageous. That's terrible. You can't have if your third receiver is Alex Erickson. What happens if Tyler Boyd gets hurt? Then you're running out there with John Ross, Alex Erickson, and Cody Core as your starters. That that can't happen. I mean, yeah, all due respect to John Ross, but if he's our number one receiver, we're screwed. Oh yeah, I mean it's. I mean, yes, yeah. Speaking of John Ross, I mean, I have to applaud him. He had a great catch in the end zone. Yeah, he had a great catch, but other than that, I don't think he did all that good. He was struggling to get open. Great catch, though. I'm not going to take that away. Yeah, I'm not going to take that away from him. Uh, <laughs> that was that was very nice. I don't. It wasn't a Randy Moss, but it was great Moss, position. It was it was a great it was a great catch. Uh, this is that's what I kind of saw like when I watched him at Washington. That's kind of what I saw. From him, he had a lot of those catches. He was a red zone magnet there, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, we got to get better. Uh, coaching has to get better. Front office has to get better. Everyone. Has to get better. Yeah. Also, something I, before I forget, we kind of just again this week we did it last week. There was just a period of time where we just took mixing out of the game, tried to put in Geo too much. I, I don't, I don't like that. I think. I think Gio needs to get most of his touches when Mixon's in the game with him. I think they need to run more two halfback uh, formations just because when Gio's lately been in there, he's been getting the ball. And I think defenses are catching on to that, whether it's uh, passing a flash or whether it's down. So I think they, they need to mix it up a little bit when yeah. they get Gio in just because they want to get Gio the touches. And when he's only in there two or three drives a game in that whole drive, they know they're going to be feeding Gio. Yeah, and that's where I kind of start getting annoyed with Lasers. And a metaphor I kind of have is Laser, he'll punch you in the face, but if you respond, you will beat him. Because for two straight years, obviously last year when he took over, now this year, he started off really strong, and just offense gets worse as the season progresses. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning of the year, everyone was like, oh my gosh, Bill Lasers is going to be our next head coach. He's been great. I mean – Come on, like this. I, I was one of these people. I know. I don't think I was as bad as some people, but I was one of the people who was hyped up about it, and we should have been just because. Yeah, our offenses were great. It should have been great. Um, minus the offensive line, we had a top offensive roster in the league, but he's just kind of declined. Like you said, he's just declined since then, and I don't know. That's. I guess that's how it is with him. Uh, hopefully, we can get. Hopefully, he either shapes up, or we can get a valuable replacement. Um, that's pretty yeah. much all I got, though. Yeah, and I, I mean, Hugh Jackson's in the building. And he, if he can catch on to the scheme, if we want to replace Lage, I mean, I, I don't. We just, know. we just can't keep having like you look at our last five games uh, against Steelers twenty one, uh, Chiefs 14, 10, or. Was it 10 or 14 against the 10? Buccaneers, 37, really good. Saints, 14, then today, 21. It's just those points, other than the Buccaneers, the offense has not 
didn't perform to where it needs to be to win. And what worries me most about this game is that we normally have the Ravens number. We're normally that's normally the team we play the best against. And the fact that we own that fact that we gave up that many points to a team that we normally kill, that worries me. Uh that worries me a lot. But hopefully it was just a fluke. Hopefully Marvin's getting used to it. Um but I mean with that do you want to move on to some prospects? Yeah, I can't talk about the Bengals anymore. They're Killing my health. Yeah, me too. Uh, you want to start with Greedy Williams? Yeah. How about you start off? Greedy Williams is a great cornerback. He's I have him as a top 10 player overall. I don't want to say he's a safe pick but he, because that really doesn't exist anymore, but he's he's great. He's an automatic starter no matter who he plays for. Man coverage, zone coverage, great. He's physical at the line, good press. He has really good ball skills. My only kind of thing that I didn't like is he doesn't seem to jump in on the run game. He, like, he doesn't. He's not eager to make a play. He kind of rather stay in coverage. Yeah, with him, uh, kind of similar stuff. He's a long, lanky, physical guy. Very athletic. Uh, I like him a lot in man coverage and press. Uh, very tight. He doesn't give much separation. Fluid hips. Great with his hands. However, I don't think. His ball skills could use some work just because I see him at the catch point. I can see – I see him get mossed a little bit. I see wide receivers getting getting the high point quicker than him. And that's something that I think that he needs to work on. Uh, and a lot of that I think that's due to sometimes he turns around too quickly and he doesn't have his eye on the quarterback. And he just – he flips his hips too soon. And sometimes I think he needs to stick with his back pedal a little longer or maybe turn into a little bit of a side shuffle for a little bit just to – ease that transition a little more um and sometimes he does lack focus and i've seen him kind of get lazy on his on the tail end of uh plays but i mean he's a great guy uh his biggest strength though is his mirror uh and this this is going to be a common point with the next two of the next three uh corners that i'm going to talk about but um yeah i he's a great player lots of potential and i think that's why he's he's graded so highly by other, everyone else is his potential um, he has a decently high floor, but his ceiling is through the roof. And for that reason, I do have him as a top five player. Uh, I think he's fifth overall for me right now. Um, but yeah, that's what I got on him. He's he's going to be a stud in the NFL. Yeah. And who do you want to talk about next? Next, um, I think I want to talk about Byron Murphy, just because I think a lot of people are going to disagree with me on my take for this. I'll, I'll let you start Ooh, spotlight on me. All right. uh, Murphy, he's a very explosive corner. Great hips, great change of direction. That really helped in man coverage with sharp cuts by the wide receivers. Uh, he has a good press technique, though. Since kind of his size, he does struggle in press in general. Uh, he's not afraid to lay hit. He created a lot of incompletions because he – just tackled the receiver, then he lost possession. He didn't take enough steps, so it's incomplete. And he has above-average zone, and uh, his ball skills are pretty good. He could use a little work, but I like where it is right now. And But he has some trouble. Somebody can be too soft in zone. He, would just, he won't always break in time on the receiver. And sometimes he'll just try and make a play on the ball when it's unnecessary. Like, it's obvious he won't make a play on the ball, and that can make him miss a tackle. 
Yeah, with him, uh, my main issue with him is he comes from mostly his own scheme out of Washington, and I think he has the traits, and in limited snaps, he's performed in man coverage, but I, I, I don't, everyone has him as this top 10 cornerback that he's going to be, he's right up there with Greedy, and I, I don't agree with that. I think he has that potential, but coming from his own scheme, that kind of worries me. I, I'm, I personally, I don't like, I don't like having zone corners up that high on my board. It just kind of bothers me. Uh, he does, his main strength for me is, He's a, he's a very heavy, very quick hitter. Uh, and like you said, it leads to a lot of incompletions. Um, I mean, it doesn't take long to notice that. He's He gets a lot of interceptions, a lot of pass defense. Um, he's he's a baller. He has a lot of ball skills. Um, he's he, I think he could even play safety at the next level if he wanted to. I, I don't think that's where he should be. I think he should be a corner. But later in his career, maybe like a Charles Woodson kind of guy where you switch over to free safety. Um, but, yeah, he has great awareness. Uh, but like you said, I, I agree with you. He plays a little soft in his own coverage. Um, and his, I think his main issue with that, like you said, he's a little soft, but I don't think he's too soft, except the only thing I really have an issue with him in his own coverage is his, um, his sharper routes, his comeback routes, his, his in routes a little bit, not to that much of an extent, but mo- mostly his comeback routes, especially the deep ones. That's where he struggles a lot. Cause he, I think he kind of gets in a rhythm and he kind of just, his reaction time is a little bit slower when they break the deeper they go. And that's pretty much, I mean, he's, yeah, like you said, his tackling's kind of iffy. He doesn't really square up. He kind of just goes for like the knees and the legs. I don't like that at all, but that's not really a big issue for me. His main issue for me is the zone coming from his own scheme. And I think that actually might make him fall. Now I don't remember straight, Straight, but I think Josh Jackson. I think he won his second round to Green Bay, right? Yeah, Josh Jackson. I, I like that comp. Yeah, he Jackson, if I remember right, was more of a zone coverage. Completely zone. That's he. Yep. Now I don't want to. Com- okay, so I take that back. I don't like that comp just because Byron Murphy. He's a lot better in zone coverage than Josh Jackson, and I think Josh Jackson had better ball skills, but Josh Jackson was also less of an athlete. And then Byron Murphy. I think Byron Murphy is very athletic. He's going to test very well. He could run in the four threes. Um, he, I think he's going to – I think he could – I don't want to compare him to Denzel Ward just because Denzel Ward is more experienced in man coverage. But I think I think that's a good comp for him, Denzel Ward. Uh, I only brought up Josh Jackson just because I think that's kind of why he fell, just because how heavy of a zone coverage scheme he played in with Iowa. Yeah, and I mean, it's not really affecting him right now. So I guess, I mean, maybe I should change my mind. I still have Byron Murphy as a first-round guy. He's going to be tied for my cornerback three, as of now at least. I still have to do a deep dive in a few other prospects. But right now he's going to end up being like a in the t- probably early 20s, late teens area for me. Um, he's a great player, though. Um, not, no knock on him personally, obviously, but just coming from that zone scheme, I think he would have been a lot. He would have fared a lot better coming out of like LSU. Yeah, I I definitely agree there. Yeah. So uh, next up, uh, DeAndre Baker. Uh, I'll start on this one, but he he was a guy I was very high on coming into the uh, preseason and the season in general. He was a top ten player for me, and since then he's. He hasn't really disappointed. It's just I've become more aware of his physical limitations. He's not very athletic, uh, and that's always going to slow him down a little bit. But that being said, he's my still my cornerback, too. 
He's, I've just dialed back a little bit on him. He's going to be in the late teens for me uh, in the end, probably. That's where I have him right now. Uh, he's pretty physical. Um, and that, like I said, his athleticism is it's kind of an issue, but I think he realizes that. And he plays kind of conservative because he knows that, okay, I'm not going to be able to catch up if he toasts me. Um, but that kind of leads to a bigger cushion than I would like to see at times. Uh, he's very good in man coverage, very good in his own coverage. Uh, he's good at off man, but I, I don't know if I'd have him playing off man coverage too much just because of those physical limitations. Uh, and that's, I mean, deep off man in that case. I think he, he's press coverage. I probably wouldn't play him in press just because he, he's going to get burnt on toast. Or he's going to get toasted on a, uh, like a fade or a vertical route. Uh, but I think he's the most technically sound cornerback in this draft. Uh, he gets his hand on the ball. And the main thing I like about him, he's elite in the red zone. He's elite on the crossing routes. And m- when I say elite, I, I didn't see him give up a single uh, red zone touch. Not red zone touchdown, but I didn't see him give up a single red zone uh, pass. Didn't, yeah, didn't. Sorry, I can't talk right now. Didn't see him give up a single uh, crossing route. I mean, he's he's elite. I think he had like, the games I watched, he might have had like two or three like interceptions in the end zone, and like three, two or three more passes batted down. Uh, that's I think that's why I'm so high on him. He's just so elite in the red zone, and I'm so used to seeing guys like Dre get burnt in the red zone. So maybe that causes me to be a little biased on him. But uh, other than that, uh, he, my only real issues with him, other than the athleticism, were he can play a little bit soft at times, can get a little lazy. But I mean. He doesn't really have that many mistakes overall. Very good anticipation on, like, his routes and stuff. Yeah, and you basically said his athleticism kind of is going to be the biggest red flag. And some of the times you get him, you see him get beat in man coverage, not because of bad technique, just because his lack of speed is killing him, especially in the vertical routes. So that that's my only big red flag with him. Yeah, I mean, his vertical routes are definitely going to be his biggest issue at the next level. But, I mean – He's so technically sound. I mean, we see we see cornerbacks all the time who aren't the most athletic, like Josh Norman, Richard Sherman. I mean, there, you don't have to be a great athlete to be an elite cornerback. And I think I, I would love Dre, or DeAndre Baker on the Bengals if he slipped to the second round because of that, that because of his athleticism. I think he'd be. I mean, he he can play in a slot. He can play outside. Uh, I think he could play that Drake or Patrick role very very well in the future. Um, yeah, I love that guy. Uh, DeAndre Baker, he's gonna be a stud. Watch out for him. Then we got a corner. Uh, I don't. I'm not gonna even attempt to say his last name. It's not worth it. Yeah, he's out of Penn State. Cornerback out of Penn State. I believe he's a redshirt sophomore. Um, yep. So you, I'll let you start on that. All right. Amani, uh, he has really good length for a corner. I really like that. Uh, he does a really good job of anticipating the route break. Uh, that really helps him in man coverage. And he's uh, also really really good in zone. He's overall a really good coverage linebacker. but Linebacker. But, or cornerback. See, we're both tired. Yeah. Uh, my biggest area with him is tackling. He is just not a good tackler. Not somebody who I want – Making coming up and making a play in the run game, somebody who I think has a pretty good amount of potential. I I think he'll go t- 
teens, maybe early 20s, kind of with Murphy and Baker. But well, he's just a really good man-to-man corner, and that's kind of what stood out to me. Yeah, with him, uh, he's a physical guy, great mirror, ball skills, very smart guy. Don't see him get burnt too often. Um, I think his biggest strength is on those vertical routes. He's elite. Uh, I didn't see him get beat once on a vertical route. Um, from press and man, he's from a press and a man system, um, which is what I like to kind of like what I like to see. Obviously, as you guys have seen, I, I didn't really like Byron Murphy coming out of his own system, but they did have him play a little bit of zone uh, in Penn State, which is it's nice to have that experience because obviously some teams do run some zone in the NFL. Um, great anticipation of like his routes and stuff, like you said, very aware. He's a very smart player. He's probably this. Other than DeAndre Baker, I think he's the smartest cornerback that uh, I've scouted so far. Uh, he doesn't guess on anything. He knows exactly what's happening. His eyes always on the quarterback. Uh, he knows when he needs to turn his back to the line of scrimmage, and he doesn't do that unless ne- unless it's completely necessary. Um, like you said, um, long term or not long term, sorry. Uh, some issues I have with him. He's kind of a weak hitter for his size. Uh, I've seen him get bounced off a little bit. Uh, he just kind of like Byron Murphy, he kind of goes for his ankle tackles a little bit, um, and just kind of kind of like uh, Byron Murphy again. He can sometimes get caught in a rhythm against those deep breaking routes, and can lead to a lot of separation um, on the part on the. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm saying. The wide receiver can get a lot. The wide receiver can get a lot of separation on him uh, on those deep breaking routes um other than that, i mean he's a great guy um i right now i see him being in that team i have murphy him and uh baker kind of all clustered together i can't really make a decision just because i mean it's kind of pick your poison um murphy has a high ceiling baker has a high floor very reliable his only question is athleticism and this guy i mean he's really he's more of the all-around guy of that group um which is why right now i have him Right now, they're all really clustered together, so they're all kind of like cornerback two, cornerback three, cornerback four, like all in one little spot. But I think in the end, he might he might stick it out a little bit just because he doesn't really have any issues that aren't fixable. Where DeAndre Baker, he can't really fix athleticism, and Byron Murphy, you can't really fix what scheme he came from. But I think he's a great player. Uh, he's someone who I would like to I would like to see him in a Patrick type role on some team. And I'm just kind of relating him to Bengals plays just because I, most, most of you guys listening are Bengals fans. But, um, yeah, I, I, he's a Drake or Patrick type corner. Big physical, matches up well versus tight ends, bigger wide receivers. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, that's what I got on him. Very good player. Yeah, you kind of stole my Drake Kirkpatrick reference I was going to make. Speaking of Kirkpatrick, uh, my problem with the Bengals taking a corner round one is – Oh, I will no, I yeah, I don't want one. Yeah, and my main problem is – they could draft one, but Kirkpatrick's still going to start. And exactly. Like, you, we can complain about it, but they gave Kirkpatrick the money. He's going to start, and that's just how it is. There's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, so, yeah me and you were talking about it over text earlier. You made the great point that, I mean, Drake Kirkpatrick, he really hasn't been that bad this year, guys. I mean, he hasn't. Uh, he kind of just gets – he makes mistakes, and everyone, like, sees his mistakes, but no one really cares when he does good. And he – isn't he has been having less mistakes every week, just less and less mistakes, and I don't think he's as bad as everyone likes to make him out to be. I, he's definitely not the issue with this defense. Mm-mm. I mean, yeah, he's going to have some missed tackles. He's going to have some just 
bad general zone coverage plays, but he's not a perfect corner. He's not our number one corner. Most number exactly. two corners aren't going to be elite. That's William Jackson's job, and he's done a very good job. So it's just, for me, taking corner round one is not helping this defense at all. Yeah, I mean, there's only one or two teams in this league that's going to have an elite cornerback two. And we, we're lucky enough to have an elite cornerback one. Most teams aren't. So I'm, I don't know if it's that big of an issue. My only issue with Dre is when it comes to pay William Jackson, if his contract stops us from paying William Jackson, and it shouldn't just because by that time he's going to have zero, zero dead money if we cut him. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. But that's, yeah. I mean, William Jackson's obviously the superior corner, and I don't have a problem with Dre being on this team. Yeah. And yeah, especially with the new NFL rules, teams are just going to score points. And yeah. so many talented wide receivers, like you look at a team like we could even bring up the Steelers, like it's just gonna happen where Kirkpatrick's gonna lose against some really good receivers. Most corners are gonna lose. It's just how it is. Yeah, I mean the Saints, the Rams, I mean they're all investing in offense. I think that's what we need to do in the draft. Get that offensive line short up, uh, maybe add a receiver or tight end or preferably tight end. And yeah. obviously quarterback, but this year the quarterback class is kinda it's kinda dry. But yeah. just, I it's very dry. I think I'm not even speaking generally of this year's quarterback drive, but I think if we do go quarterback whenever we do, we should follow Kansas City's blueprint if we get the right guy for it. Yeah, I think I mean I don't know how much we're going to be able to get for Andy Dalton. I think they overpaid – the Redskins overpaid for Alex Smith. And speaking of Alex Smith, uh, I don't know if any of you guys – Gruesome injury. I, I do not recommend looking at the video. Uh, he broke both bones in his lower leg. He's in emergency surgery, I believe, right now as we speak. Uh, wishing the best. Um, scary stuff, guys. Uh, it was it was not pretty. His ankle was just dangling. and uh, Cannot yeah, look at it. Could not be me. Again, like, I don't like Le'Veon Bell, I, but there's a reason why players kind of sit out and want to get paid first because you never know what can happen. I don't want to bring Le'Veon Bell into this, but, yeah. I I, I understand what they're coming from, but I don't think Le'Veon Bell's reasoning was – No. He, he – I don't think – it was more for the money than his health, I think. But, I don't know, that's what – I might enough, but – uh, yeah, that's all we got for today, guys. Uh, next week, we're going to get some more cornerbacks in. Uh, we're going to talk about – I mean, there's, I think we're doing five more corners. Uh, Michael Jackson, Julian Love, Robert Hill. Um, who are the two others? Uh, Boyd. Yeah, Chris Boyd and – Chris Boyd out of Texas. And the other one was – I believe he was out of – let me look real quick, guys. Uh, Mullins. Well, that's right. Clemson. So, yeah, that's what we got for you guys next week. Uh, for now, Huda, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, tune in. I believe we're going to start, we're going to have this recorded up next week by Sunday, and it'll be up Monday. So, we're going to try and keep that a, uh, a habit for now because we've kind of been releasing them at different times. But, yeah, that's what we got, guys. Uh, Huda. Huda, see you guys next week.